look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with David Faisal on Newstalk 770 and More Than Money. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about lakefront property, Faisal, um, which lots of people enjoy. And there's lakes in Alberta, by the way. Well, that's what you're telling me. Uh, I understand there are actual some bodies of water in this <laughs> province, right? I get that. But I wouldn't have thought of Alberta as a lakefront property kind of a province, right? However, having said that, I think my conclusion is maybe accurate in the sense that we are seeing prices really moving higher for Alberta lakefront property because my conclusion is there's very few lakes that around major centers that Albertans really can take advantage of. Wow. Someone read an article. (laughs) It's a headline. I'm not saying I know what I'm talking about, but we do have somebody that does know what she's talking about, Dawn Mazur. She's a realtor with uh, Royal LePage Benchmark. Dawn, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Okay. So... Maybe just tell us a little bit. You've got to educate me clearly. Apparently, Faisal already knows the answers to all these things. But what's going on in Alberta's lakefront property market? Yeah, so, you know, within Western Canada, we're seeing Alberta topping the list um, with the provincial aggregate price of $816,700. So that is primarily driven by the province's limited availability of lakefront property in close proximity to major city centres. So... That and an increase in demand stemming from an uptick in the energy sector and consumer confidence, really. So uh, is, is this a recent sort of move or like we've seen prices spike just recently as, you know, coming back from the recession here that we've had on oil or is this a, is this a long-standing trend? Um, you know what, that's, it's hard to say. This is where they're at right now. They haven't, it's not, they haven't increased significantly um, you know, with the prices, it's a matter too, right? We're saying when we see availability and when we don't, um, with limited availability, we're going to see the higher prices. So that's where we're at right now. And so do you expect this to continue for a while or do you think this might fizzle out once we get back to a, a more robust economy or what's your, what's your guys' prediction? Well, and you know what it is? It's obviously hard to predict the future with the real estate market. Um, I always say if we all, uh, had a, crystal ball we'd all be rich um but at the same time um it's like i said because of the limited availability of lakefront property when we see um little supply and high demand that's when we see the higher prices so if we're going to see more demand out there um or we're going to see more supply um then you know that's really going to dictate where that price is going to go so I don't think they're making a heck of a lot more lakefront uh, property, and that was my contention. This is not tons in Alberta. Certainly yeah. that's usable from a recreational perspective, Faisal. So okay, so, so Don, let's say that Dave actually opened up, I don't know, a webpage that talked about the province of Alberta, and he realized that there's a whole bunch of lake properties out, or lakes out in the province, and he wants yep. to purchase a lakefront property. What tips do you have for Dave besides brushing up on his geography? Um, what else should he be doing? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, like you said, uh, get out a map, see where you want to be. Um, you know, I always say, too, proximity to your current house, your primary residence, how far do you want to be driving on the weekends? You know, that's going to play a big factor, um, and that's just everybody's personal opinion, as well as what are you looking for when you get there? What types of amenities do you want to have? Um, I think 
those things are pretty important, but, you know, everybody's situation is unique, so that's something they need to decide um, prior to starting that search. You know, it's kind of interesting, Faisal, was, as you know, I was out in Ontario visiting some family a couple of weeks back, and uh, we had an opportunity to go up to the Muskoka area for three days, mm-hmm. to a cabin there, and um, <laughs> so um, it was brutal. It was nice when we were up there. But I bet the travel time was two and a half hours oh, yeah. either way, crawling along on the highways. It's because you're Alberta. Congestion. I know. You're a Calgary I, boy. You know, I just said, no, I'd never do this. I'd take any money I was prepared to put into a cabin, and I would put it into my primary residence and make it bigger <laughs> so I could enjoy it more. It was awful. So, <laughs> Well, it's funny because I had, I had family come over from Kelowna. And they're like, oh, Calgary's so busy, the traffic's so much. So it's all relative, right? Like I when you're going to Ontario and coming, you're getting that Toronto commute. So that's one of the key things about lakefront property or even recreational property yeah. in general yeah. is yeah. is that commute that, that Don was talking about. So so you have to be comfortable with that. Now, when you're in Toronto, two-hour commute's a, no, a typical day. Uh, true. Yeah, depending that's on where you live. That's another reason right? I will never live in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so, it, I, you know, Don, I think your I think your point is right. I think there's some homework to be done. Um, you know, most of the people I know, I, I guess I know some people at Silva, and I know some people at a place at Gull, I know some people at Pigeon um, Lake for sure. But a lot of Calgarians seem to go into BC. You know, they're going into the Fairmont, Invermere area, those kinds of things. So there, I mean, mm-hmm. there are some recreational places, properties that you can own with some access to water that are within. You know, a couple of hours and that's drive. A, that's a good point. Are we seeing yep. in recreational property in Alberta, is it Alberta purchasing it primarily? Oh, yeah. Or is it coming up from other provinces, foreign investors? Like, where, where, who's the buyer? Is it primarily Albertans? Um, you know what? Americans have consistently been the largest cohort of foreign national buyers, um, like in Canadian recreational properties. Yep. So. You know, when compared, obviously, to um, other countries, I mean, they're the closest neighbors, so that kind of makes the most sense. Um, but that being said, um, it's, I would say, they account for less than 5%, I would say, okay. of the recreational property purchases. Okay, so it's not it's not like foreigners are coming in, taking up all the lakefront property, so Dave doesn't know that we have lakes in the, in the property. That's because <laughs> they don't know there's lakefront property in Alberta either. <laughs> so... <laughs> so so it's it's okay so it's primarily domestically or albertan driven and and do we find that during that downturn and Dave do you think that during that downturn I know anecdotally with our clients some of them were concerned about their the value of their recreational properties were sure. going down you know it's it, it's it's going to be it's going to swing to that economic environment versus foreigners just coming in buying it because they love the Alberta. Yeah, I, I think I think Alberta wouldn't necessarily be a, a destination for for foreign buyers of lakefront property. That, that, that's anecdotal. I've no empirical evidence to suggest that. Well, five al- percent. Yeah, seven. I also think though that that prices, because of the limited supply, like Don said, um, sp- particularly around the major cities, right? So as Albertans acquire, that they probably would would retain their value. Again, I don't have any empirical evidence to suggest that, but I think that um, that because of limited supply, you'd actually have mm-hmm. um, you'd actually have value uh retention through through ups and downs and don maybe you got some empirical evidence that could support or refute that but that would be my expectation yeah and you know what when asked about year-to-date price trends um there's been mixed results so we've reported mixed results Hmm. um year-over-year prices increased near major cities like calgary and edmonton while 
around other major oil producing cities, so let's say Red Deer, yep. um, they reported declines. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I guess, yeah, it does And so there. is the demand high generally across the, uh, or is it strict, like you're saying, around the major two cities in, in Alberta? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Around the two major cities. So this is, this is very interesting. So if those people who have recreational property outside, that, like further distance away from the major uh-huh. two cities, yeah. your estate plan could be a bit of an issue. Think about yeah, this. Yeah, like, no if yep. it, now that we have um, a potential tax issue, that if the property values have gone up in Alberta, and you're you're you pass away, and now you have this this property in in uh, in your estate, which is considered a capital gain potentially, there, to, to, if you don't have that money aside to pay for that tax bill, you might have to liquidate. Try liquidating a property that's right. a recreational property. You know, it takes a long time. Do, Don, do you know how long it takes for? An average recreational property to sell is it is it a year is it six months what what's the time frame that an average property I don't you don't have to get too you know what I I don't have that data yeah. but again if we kind of go back to that kind of supply and demand it really does depend at the time um, what the demand is and what yeah. the supply is that's out there right we can see it vary you know in a month where you could see high demand and little supply obviously properties are going to move quicker than they would if we're seeing. Um, high supply and low demand. So yeah. it really does depend at the time. Yeah, I think that, but that's an interesting point. Don, we've got to leave it there. We're running out of time. I want to thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Don Mazer, realtor with Royal LePage Benchmark. Um, you know, Faisal, it is interesting. That's the, the number one thing that gets argued about is the retention of recreational property often in the estate. We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, August the 27th. 22nd, excuse me, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits. And let me remind anybody that wants to listen to to any of the segments today or past segments, go to morethanmoneyradio.com or you can get the um, podcast at More Than Money Radio, sorry, More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or your favorite podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on News Talk 770. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.